Welcome to Power of the Cross Radio Sermons. We are so happy you could join us. Next, you will be hearing a message from Pastor Farrell Wilson. Brother Wilson is the pastor of the Lighthouse Church in Grenada, Mississippi. To learn more about the Lighthouse, visit their website at grenadachurch.com. Now, on to the message. 1 Kings chapter 18, starting at verse 41. And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink. There's the sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink. And Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. And he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. And said to his servant, Go up. Look towards the sea. And he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And he said, Go again seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, Go up, say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Y'all pray with me a few moments. Lord, we come to you in the name of Jesus. I need your help, Lord, for this frail human body, God, to even that's not worthy to stand behind your sacred desk, Lord. I need your help for a few minutes, God, to preach your word to your people. And God, I, I pray that your word doesn't come back void. Bible guarantees, Lord, that if we if we'll preach this word, it doesn't matter about the how well the orator looks or how well they Present the word, Lord, it's about you. And God, you said if that word goes forth, it wouldn't come back void. And we trust you with that today. Lord, as it goes out across the airways, God, I, I pray this word finds the hearts that need to hear it. And we thank you for the blessings of the radio, Lord. In Jesus' name, we say amen. There is a cloud. Several years now before this, Elijah had declared to King Ahab that there would be no rain in the land. Matter of fact, for three and a half years, it wouldn't rain. Why did the Lord have Elijah say this to Ahab? Out of the blue, we just see Elijah, the Tishbite, just show up on the scene. There's no fanfare, no invitation. He just shows up in the Bible. And he tells Ahab, there's not going to be rain in this land until God releases it. Why was that so, though? Why would he tell that to, to King Ahab? This is what the Bible says about King Ahab. It says that King Ahab had did more than any other king to disobey the Lord. In fact, he went on to marry Jezebel, the daughter of King Ethbel of Sidon, and started worshiping Baal. And Ahab built an altar at the temple of Baal in Samaria, and he set up a sacred pole for worshiping the god Asherah. And Ahab did more to make the Lord God angry than any other king before him. So what was so evil about that? Well, first we know God said don't have any other gods before him. We have to examine our own life. And in this nation, when God, he says something, he means it. And it stands for eternity, his word, and he proves himself. Uh, He said you wouldn't have any other god, but there was a lot more to it than this. One of the most vile things that Baal worship did, one of the most heinous things about Asherah poles, was that it involved the sacrifice of children. And uh, you look in, uh, historians have found in our, in our time, I believe it was in the 60s, they have found these little small caskets 
from that day and age, it, there uh, remains of small children. They would literally take their children to Baal worship and they would kill them. They would pass their children through the fire, so, so to speak, is what the Bible will sometimes call it. And God is not pleased when there's that kind of evil in the land. I can promise you. And the great prophet, though, Elijah, down the road, about three and a half years, he believed God for an abundance of rain to come by faith. You'll notice over the, it seems like it's been a theme coming up in sermons and teaching, and you can't escape it. Everything operates by faith with the Lord. Everything. Every single thing that we, in our, in our daily routine with God in ministry, everything we do operates by faith. And Elijah wasn't just believing for a little bit of rain. He was believing for a flood to come. And Elijah's vision was followed by a prayer of faith. Look with me in verse 42. You can read that there and it says he... Well, let me read it again. So Elijah went up to the top of Carmel and he cast himself down upon the earth. And listen, and put his face in between his knees. Yeah, prayer is not easy sometimes. <laughs> you think of this. The man had to put his head between his knees. And he was praying. It wasn't the most comfortable position. But sometimes our situation may not be real comfortable either. And it calls for extraordinary circumstances. Our nation is dry today, folks. We need to wake up and smell the proverbial coffee. It's not going to be business as usual going forward. Things are accelerating. And happening so much quicker. Ask some of these ladies to your elders sitting on the fuse when church is over. Ask them how much has changed since they've been a child. This used to be a nation that woke up on Sunday mornings and they served God. It's not so anymore. The land is dry. Very dry. And not only just spiritually dry, it's becoming... Um, I don't know if it's physical or domestic is the word I want to use, but our western half of our nation, the rain has been held back now for a decade. It's unprecedented. They're calling it a mega drought. A mega drought. There, there won't be water for crops and agriculture. They don't even know if they're going to be able to supply water to the, to the communities. If I noticed in California, Newsom, who's already on the recall, they have been cutting back for years. They've called for another 15% water because they're telling people not to take showers for a week. That's how desperate the situation has become. And if you watch, you've got to find the right news sources. I've seen one on the weather of all places. Because of the drought, now they're starting to have hordes of grasshoppers come in and eat what is left. They're warning of fire. All these things are set before us and in our day and age. We just kind of cross our arms and say, well, if it don't affect me and my household, it's okay. I can tell you why the rains are being held back spiritually and physically. It's because this nation, like Israel of old, had put other gods before them. They have went so far in our nation is to start sacrificing children at the altar of convenience. And with my dying breath, if I leave here, whatever time I have left on this earth, I plan on being the voice for the unborn. They have a right for somebody to speak for them, and I'm just the one to do it. My friends, we need to wake up. We need to be praying for an abundance of rain spiritually to hit this nation. I believe all these things that are... I could spend uh, the next... 30 minutes to hour just talking about what has happened in our nation in the last year. 
But I believe all these things, to sum it up, are the, they're, they're for the sins of immorality and abortion. And the United States is going to pay that price. I believe, though, God for something in these last days. There's got to be somebody believing him for something because the world doesn't have any hope in it. It's just disaster on every hand. I'm believing that in these last days, there's going to be an abundance in the church and there's going to be an abundance in the homes and jobs and the businesses of Christians that are following God and they're supporting the ministries. And Elijah had his faith tested. You're going to have your faith tested in these last days. If you truly serve the Lord... If you truly do, your faith will be tested. There has never been such a thing as safe Christian faith. Never. There is never one time that a Christian has stepped out like Elijah and, and, and did great works for the Lord. He, his faith was tested in great ways. Elijah's first look revealed nothing. Look in verse 43. Now, he, he's in a hard prayer situation and he tells his servant, he says, to go and look. And he went and looked. And he come back and said, I don't see anything. My friends, in our prayers, in our, in our walk with God, in your personal life, in your home, in the church, we, we live in this instant society now where if something don't happen right here and now, God's not in it or God doesn't exist. We, we're going to have to learn patience. We're going to have to learn that in our prayers, in our life, and wait up on God. I, I see it all the time. I see the scripture plastered everywhere. It says, be still and know that I am God. Being still doesn't mean that you pray for two minutes and God gives you the desires of your heart. God needs somebody to raise up or rise up with faith and believe him for the impossible. You don't pray one time and give up. I'm not done with my testimony yet, but I tell you what, that sanctuary is going to turn into one big great testimony for me. I've been, been here for years, and many of y'all is sitting in these views have been with me too, and y'all know the, the doubts and the uncertainty we have faced, but I never gave up, and you want to know why? Because I knew God had spoke. And God will, in His time, in His time, He'll reveal and Elijah's faith endured seven times. You look in verse 43 and he said, go again seven times. Now, I'm not into numerology in this junk you'll see on TV that they've undiscovered some kind of code in the Bible and by numbers. That's just all baloney. That's hogwash. As to you just study your Bible, you'll be okay. You don't have to know about numerology. Now, to me, it's almost boarding on the edge of satanic. But there is a, there is a um, God, certain numbers mean things to him. And seven speaks, uh, speaks of God, God's perfection. And when God's perfection is in the middle of your life, when he's in the middle of your church, he will build your faith. He will give you strength for the journey. Amen. I've, so many times it looked like this church was down and out for the count. We wouldn't make another day. And then all of a sudden, God will come in. You ought to have to stand at the bank when the money's not flowing in. You ain't got a salary for your family. And you have to stand in front of the bank. We can't make the payment. And they're telling you just stupid things. I won't even go into detail. Won't you do things you know is not of God? And I, I can't do that. I'll just trust the Lord. You turn to people that are supposed to be your brothers in faith. 
We can't help you. And God says, just be still and know that I'm God. And then lo and behold, this past December, every single dime of our debt got wiped out in one lick. And I'm not giving myself any glory credit for this. I give every bit to God. But sometimes you have to wait. And if you'll wait upon the Lord, His perfect will will be, be revealed. We're living in a time people have all, they've gave up on God. They don't even, they don't trust God no more. There are actually churches that have said they're going to quit preaching the Bible to bring people back in after the pandemic. You know, I, I don't understand it. And above all, though, I'll say to every Christian, I hope this reaches out on the Internet, and I hope people hear this. To the Christians that are sitting at home today, you need to find you a good Bible-preaching church. Come on down to the lighthouse. I'd love to have you here. I ain't perfect, but I will love you. Amen? Every once in a while, I'll, I'll hit off a good sermon here now and then. But I do know one thing. You should be there to support churches. If you truly love Christ, if you believe God's the answer in these last days, you ought to be in them doors when they open up. At least make Sunday morning. I hate to even make that statement. You ought to be here every time. But you ought to at least make one of these services during your Christian walk. Why? Because the rest of the world's watching. Why? Because God Almighty's watching. Why? Because God is looking for people of faith to raise up in these last days and say, God, I believe an abundance of rain is coming. I don't care what this world has got to say. I don't care what the road they take in the destruction they're on. I don't care. I care about what's happening in the, this house right here because I know this. What I see going on in the world, I know how to change it. I've got the answer. I do. I got something politicians have not been able to figure out. I got the answer how to cure every single problem we have in the United States. And it's a name that's above all names. And his name is Jesus Christ. He's the day star, he's the lily of the valley. He is the first begotten from the dead. Amen. He is the Alpha, the Omega. He's the first and last. He'll never cease to exist. And He is the answer for a dying and hurting world. I can't even flip it on uh, TV land anymore. I, I, we had to turn it off this week. Every single commercial was a sick individual, a man dressed like a woman and parading around and telling me how great that is. No, what they need is they need to get a hold of the horns of the altar. Amen. They need to know Christ as their Savior and come out of this vileness. We need an abundance of rain. I know one thing. God can get a hold of people like that. I know a young man that was wiped out on dope one time. And he showed up at the Stonefield Church of God not even wanting to be there. And God got a hold of him and took that tin foil out of his hand. Took all those years of abuse on his body out of his hand and turned him around. How do you know? Because I'm standing here today. I told my son yesterday, I was giving my speech. He's he got a good job offer. Now I got to let him go out in the world. I said, when these doubters and these gainsayers come to you and tell you there ain't no God, tell them this right here. I may not know much. I'm just an old hillbilly from Casilla. But I can tell you this. Something got a hold of my dad one day. 
something got a hold of my dad and changed his path one day in his direction. And there ain't nothing in this world that could have did that. It had to be something supernatural. It had to be a God. Amen. There's an abundance of rain coming, people. You're going to see people turn around like you've never seen before. How do I know this? Because the Bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood, my God will raise up a standard against them. You can take this to the bank with you. This will cash in God's kingdom. This evil world better get ready for a shaking of the Holy Ghost. It's going to shake them to their core. They're not going to know what to do. They're going to want to just come running into the house. You can take out Facebook ads all you want and put flyers everywhere about your little church programs. But there's coming a program the church is not going to have to spend one advertising dollar on. Not one. When the Spirit of God starts sweeping this land, when that standard comes in, men and women will be shaken to their knees trying to find a place where they can hear the Word of God in this famine in the last days. Elijah said, go seven times and look. And the servant went and looked. The seventh time he come back and said, I see a small cloud. It's about the size of my fist. You know, we think that just little small things may mean nothing. Our eyes, we got to have the fanfare. And, oh, I look at these big churches and the big networks. Tell you what, there's more work for God done to small churches than there is big churches. I, I, there's some bigger ministries, one that I know of, really one about all I can say that I support. And I think they're doing, they're not perfect, but they do the best they can. They're human, they'll tell you that. But I, I love Sun Life. Why? Because it changed the direction of my life. Don't despise the day of small things. Do you know one little t-shirt by somebody I never even met? And they, the ministry down there will tell you, they never have printed. And matter of fact, I called this past week. Let me back up. I called in for the church to put some money in on Bibles. And uh, for the, to go out to mission fields, it's a good work to get involved in because they put Bibles in the hands of pastors. And Donnie Swagger's sitting there reading it. And he, oh, this is my buddy Farrell Wilson. Man, how you doing, man? Good to hear from you. And he told my story again of how I come to know the message of the cross. I was saved. But I was standing in a store one day with six-pack of beer in my hand. I was going to church. I was trying to hide it. When I, when I pulled up the store, I looked around, made sure nobody in the church was there. And I said, looks like the coast is clear. I went on in, got my beer, and I was standing behind an African-American lady in front of me. And she had, and I'm, I'm saying, she's talking, I'm thinking, lady, would you just please be quiet? I need to get out of here. She was talking to everybody in that store. Wasn't buying nothing. And she had a shirt on that said 95.7 FM, Charleston, Mississippi, Sun Life Radio. And the words S-O-N just caught me. It was spelled S-O-N, Sun Life. So it's kind of unusual. And that lady, now the Bible says some of you have uh, entertained angels and you just don't know it. Now you can believe what you want to believe, but I believe that African-American lady standing for me was an angel. I've never seen her before. She turned around, and I, I, I can't describe to her how her eyes look, but I remember her to this day. And she looked me dead in the eyes and said, You have a nice day, you hear? I said, Yes, ma'am. 
And she walked out, and I got my beer, and I went to the truck. And I remembered the call signs from that radio. And I popped the top on my beer, and I lit my cigarette. And then the moment I turned on that radio, there was Donnie Swaggart preaching. You may be bound by alcohol today. You may be bound by nicotine. <laughs> but the answer you're looking for is in the cross. Don't despise the day of small things. One little t-shirt, for however it ended up there, for whatever reason, changed my life completely that day. And I went home crying. And it took a little bit, but it, it come to the point one day that I said, God, if this thing is real, show me. And I chunked, I chunked them cigarettes in that garbage, and I've never looked back. Not once have I ever. I don't even want to even see those things in my life anymore. Because of one little t-shirt. And maybe as clumsily as I told you that story today, Donnie Swagger was sitting right over there on this stage in a chair, and I told that story. And this church was packed out. He was crying when he got up. I'm thinking, what in the world done happened? And he said, you know, I can promise you as long as we've ever had that radio station, we've never, ever printed not a t-shirt one, much less Charleston, Mississippi. They don't even list it that way. I'm telling you, don't despise a day of small things. Thank you for listening to Power of the Cross Radio. If you are enjoying the sermon you are hearing, we need your help. We do not sell any advertising on this station. You will not hear any third-party ads. This radio ministry operates by donations only. So, we need your prayers and financial gifts to keep bringing Christ and Him crucified to the world. Let God use you to keep Power of the Cross Radio going around the globe. Go right now to www.cross.radio and click on how you can help. There you can donate by secure means. Thanks again for listening and may God bless you. Now, back to the message. In your own life, you think about those little times, God, you'll see God's footprint through things. Don't despise the day of small things. Elijah's faith was rewarded by that, keeping his faith just seeing a cloud. Elijah sends word to Ahab to get his chariot and go out before the rain comes. Told the servant, go tell Ahab to get up. Now, understand, it's not raining, but he told him, go get up. The rain's coming. My friends, it takes a lot of faith sometimes to stand up and say, God said, do this. When you know God has spoken, stand over in the, in the, in the uh, ICU at Labonner Hospital, and you know God has spoken, and right as you're getting ready to tell the family what the doctor said, the doctor who has much wisdom, and I mean, they do a great work for kids up there, the best doctors in the nation, comes in and tells the family, that child will not wake up and has a 10% chance of living. I'm sorry. And then the Holy Ghost shakes you and says, tell her everything's going to be okay. Woo! <laughs> I'm going to tell you what, I'll never forget that moment I was in that room and God walked up in the middle of it. I, I had a guy that would just, you could just say he was an atheist, ask me what it was that was in the room. I said, don't worry about that, just God, just be quiet, let's pray. It takes faith. Well, I ain't got faith, Brother Wilson. Well, Elijah didn't have much faith either. Well, wait a minute. 
I thought you said he had mounds of faith. It didn't take but one evil lady to shake him right after this event happened. And he went running and hiding. Look, you're human. You know what God wants for you? He wants you to start. He wants you to start exhibiting just a little bit of faith in your life. Don't tell, if you're here this Sunday morning, I'm a firm believer that anybody that walks into the house of God, especially in a Pentecostal church, they're looking for something. I, this, ain't a, this ain't a morgue. We're not serving the dead. We're here to serve those that are alive unto God. Yeah, you had a death. You should have had a death in Jesus Christ. But now you're risen by that same Spirit that brought Christ up from the dead. Now you're alive unto God. If you're waiting to be perfect before you start serving God, you'll never make it. You won't do not a cotton-picking thing for God. Not one. But if you'll just get to that point and say, You know what, God? I heard what he had to say, and I've got a little bit of faith here. Whatever I have in this little old frail human body, take it and use it, Lord. And there will be an abundance in your life like you've never seen before. There will be an abundance for everything you need to serve in ministry. Hallelujah. The man of God seen the sign and he knows the rain is coming. God let it pour in these last days. When you can get to the point that you pray for your enemies... I challenge you to do something this week. Only God can lead you into this. Take five minutes and pray for those that hate you. Take, take just a few minutes and pray for those that have done the wrong in your life. Then you'll know that God's doing something. The world tells us to hate. The world tells us to remember all the things that are wrong in our life. That's not God. I believe an abundance is coming to this nation and it's going to affect every heart and soul. And if you're ready to receive it, you're going to have a spiritual reign in your life. Woo! You might be the next one down front shouting and speaking in tongues and running around the altar. We need those days again. We had one about two or three weeks ago on a Wednesday night, just unexpected. We need those times around the altar. We need an abundance in our life of God's Spirit. Verse 45, and it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heavens were black and the cloud and wind and there was a great rain. By faith, I believe God is about to pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. And it's going to affect you in a great way. Can't you hear the sound of rain? Every time I hear something else wrong in the world, I also hear the sound of God's rain coming. Every time I hear another, every time I see one of these vile commercials, I walk off a little bit mad, and about five minutes later, God will remind me, don't worry, I'm fixing to do something. Don't worry. <laughs> There's an abundance of rain coming. Can't you see the signs of the times? Don't you know the hour is late? Can't you see that summer is near? Can't you see it, my Christian friend? Ain't there something stirring in your heart that's saying, you know what? I may not be able to put my finger just right on it, but something's fixing to happen. I'll tell you what's fixing to happen. God is going to gather one more harvest out of this world before He returns. He's coming back. He's coming back. Oh, come on now. He's coming back. You remember that little game you play hide and seek? A lot of people are playing hide and seek with Jesus. But you're going to hear that voice cry out one day. I, I don't know, maybe. Ready or not, here I come.
And the trumpet shall sound. And those that are dead in Christ shall rise first. There's going to be a lot of graves busted open. Then those that are alive and remain are going to be caught up with him to be in the air forever. That day's coming. That day's coming. There's fixed to be fire from heaven like we've never seen before. The Spirit of God is about to move. Wake up out of your sleep, church. Get ready for what God is about to do. Can't you hear that sound of rain coming? And then as Ahab tore out to Jezreel by chariot, something really unusual happens. You've got to understand a little bit of culture to get the full impact of this verse here, of what's going on. In verse 46, And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. Let me translate that for you. And Elijah being full of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Come on now. I'll tell you that's what this means. The Spirit of the Lord was up on Elijah. It's amazing what you can do when the Spirit of the Lord is speaking. It's amazing what can get accomplished when you get out the way and let God handle it and you just leave it alone. Because about two seconds of Pharaoh can cause a lifetime of problems. You can build up a reputation and just wipe it out in five minutes. I know. You don't even have to be doing nothing as a Christian and see things just get attacked. and stop. But when the Spirit of the Lord is in it, though, it's a different situation. But it was a custom, though, for the servant to run in front of the chariot as the king would proceed. I, it was more of a security thing, I think. But the service would go ahead the path. And the Lord sends Elijah running. Outrunning a horse for 30 miles. You think about that. Man, if I run from here to that door, I'd probably trip and be out of breath. But he takes out running for 30 miles and outruns a horse. Woo! And I want you to notice something here. Despite how evil and wicked Ahab was, yet God sends a prophet as a servant to the wicked king. Oh, I think the light bulb just went off in this whole church here. God is sending us as servants to the world. He is. I, I'm tired of Christians just want to shut the doors and well, I don't even worry about them evil people going, grown men in tutus going in women's bathroom. They're sick and disgusting. Well, I understand this. But they're not, you know what? Us sitting back on that back end, God gave us all these years. What has it got the church? We got some nice air conditioners. We got some good pews and some nice church buildings. And all those programs just about got wiped out with one little flu virus. Just about. I'm not going to condone any sin. I see a lot of heinous things going on in our nation, but I do know this. God has sent us service to go tell them. And I have to look at my own life. God sent at one time a prophet to me in my life when I was living wicked and evil to tell me the truth of God's Word. He didn't hold my hand either. I was convicted all through his sermon. Look, when I sit on the church pews, I made sure I got under a preacher that preached the truth. It, uh, so much so, I'd be back there asking my wife, did he go by our house today or something? I mean, I would be that convicted. I, that, every time preacher read that mail, I'll tell you one can read my mail in two seconds. It's Betty Shaver. Sister Betty Shaver read my mail when she was here that last time. I was the first one in the altar. 
Now, she read my mail to the T. I was convicted and crying. I began to wonder if I was saved as a preacher. I'm like, she had me that convicted. She said, what was it? Don't you worry about it. You got enough to handle on your own. Each one of us do. You know what God has said, though? If you'll give me just a little bit of faith, I'll use you in these last days. There's no supermen. There's no superwomen. God shows no favor. He's no respecter of persons. So if you take that verse to heart, he's waiting on you to serve. I'm preaching that this morning because I hope everybody on that side of my breath is, is saved. If you're not, we'll change that here in just a few minutes. But if you're saved or maybe your walk has gotten a little slack with God, he's the father standing on the porch saying, just come home. God will never, ever send you out. He will always welcome you. And folks, there is a sound of rain coming. Look, just go turn on your TV for about five or ten minutes and flip through the news channels. If you can't see we're in the last days, God help you. For real. I mean, I'm being serious. I'm being a little, my vernacular's a little off here. I'm a little hillbilly, but hey, look. We are in the last days, and this is it. We're coming down to the wire. And before it all wraps up, God is going to send an abundance of rain. It's going to happen. It's what we've seen from God so far is nothing. You're going to witness the greatest move of God that has ever happened. I'm not saying it's going to be an abundance of material things. It may be under persecution. And I, in my opinion, I fully believe that. When the church is persecuted, that's when the church usually rises up and does its finest work. And thousands and thousands and thousands will be saved. I love this. I'll close with this. And there is a cloud in these last days. There's a cloud that God is going to touch this nation one more time. I see it. There's a cloud for your home. All those problems you've been having, and all those things are in disarray, and all the, everything's on the ground, and you don't know how you're going to pick it up and put it back together. God is your answer. I see a cloud. <laughs> I see a cloud. I'm believing in my own home thing. What is it? I got just things in my own. I got a good Christian home, but there's things in my own home. I see a cloud, Lord. Your health situation. I see a cloud. <laughs> oh, come on now. Somebody help me preach a little bit this morning. I see a cloud. Over your finances. What, you going to talk about money, Brother Wilson? Yeah. I'm going to talk about it. Because you ain't got no money, you can't even come to church. I want you to have a car and gasoline at minimum. <laughs> if you walk, and I, love, I, tell, I tell some mean time, but I've told me, and I laugh every time I think about it. That preacher when he was young didn't have no car, and he said, my grandma knows how to pray. Went over to her house, grandma need to pray for a car. She didn't wait. They went in the living room. That's back in the old days. And they all got down praying. The preacher started praying, God, now, if you want me to have a car, but if you don't, and if grandmama slapped him in the head, that God already knows you walk and pray for a car. What kind of car? A good car. One that'll run and get, get gas mileage. He said that thing ain't put, he didn't know how many miles on that thing, and it was still running when he sold it. He said you ran for it, wouldn't quit running. I'm telling you, there's a cloud in your finances. Are you sure, Brother Wilson? I know there's a cloud. I'll tell this real quick. I got just a few minutes. 
I want to share this with you. You know, and I'll just make it short. Even as a Christian, my life was in just disarray. I, I, finances wasn't that. When I first got saved, it, it seemed like every hell and Grenada, or every demon from hell in Grenada, Mississippi, come to our household and knocked on the door is what it felt like to me. It's, everything was wrong. I'm, I'm thinking, man, if this is salvation, this is enough for me. It's more than my thought at the time. I'm like, man, you get saved it's like a big bull's eyes on my forehead and everything could go wrong, went wrong. Especially in the realm of finances. I know it's easy for some people to sit back, well, you shouldn't preach about finances. That's probably because your uh, checking account's real fat and mine ain't. Preach on, Brother Wilson. I'm going to preach about finances sometimes. Why? Because I need you here and I need you to help support the work of God. But when I learned how to tithe, when I learned how to tithe, look, there was times I didn't even have money here at the church. We wasn't getting a salary. And we was, and we was taking cuts. But you know what? I never missed paying my tithes. Never once. And do you know what? I've never missed a lick. Not one. Anytime God puts anything in my hands, 10% belong to Him. I support the work of the Lord. And God has never missed not one time in my house. Yeah, I get excited over it because on my own, I don't know how to add all this up. But God's economy, 2 plus 2 may be 50. I'm sitting there struggling how to figure out how to get, how do we get air conditioning here now? I, if you thought about praying for it, son, was the answer I got. I said, you know, it might not be a bad idea. God, we need air conditioner. I'm on the way to church praying that, and this person sent me a message by Facebook and said, where can I leave you an envelope? I, I'm very polite. said, just leave it up under the front step there, and I'll deal with it when I get there. And I get here, and I'm, I'm, I'm just being honest. I know a lot of preachers won't be honest with me, but I'm, I'll be honest with you. I've got the envelope, and I'm like, what is this? And I open it up, and there's a check for $10,000. and said, we'd just like to help you out on your sanctuary. Amen. First thing that lit off my head was air conditioner. That's when you see a small cloud the size of your fist and you don't know what's about to happen. But you have to make it up in your mind today. From this day forward, don't back up with God. In all things of your life, turn it over to Him. I'm talking about your life, your spirit, everything, your time in prayer. Make church a little bit of part of your life. It's not the only thing, but it is part of your life. Turn your finances over to Him. Turn your life over to Jesus Christ in these last days. There's a cloud in the church. We'll finish the great commission that we have set before us. He said, go into all the world and preach to all creatures. And baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Ghost. The bride of Christ will be ready for the return of the Lord. Are you married to Him today? I'm not building on life sinking sand anymore. I'm building on that eternal rock. Jesus Christ. Would you stand with me this morning? This brings us to the end of this message, and we hope it has been a blessing to you. Be sure to come back often for more great sermons and commercial-free Christian music streamed 24 hours a day. If you need someone to pray with you, we have a prayer wall at Power of the Cross Radio website. You can leave your request there and also help others pray for their needs. We also offer live prayer periodically throughout the day as intercessors are available. Just click on the talk icon at the bottom right of any page.
If someone is available, you can chat live or leave your message if no one is available. Thank you for joining us today, and may God bless you. Power of the Cross Radio is a production of Cross Faith Ministries.